bees in here. There's the bees. Yeah. So here we are for another exciting episode of the Academy of Lions podcast. Good morning. I didn't get my workout this morning, so no, your I'm hair a looks twitchy. way too good. I have good, good. hair, but, but sadly, a lack of expenditure. I of think energy. you got. I, I I personally overheard about four to five comments on your hair just in the last twenty four hours. Yeah, so that, that might be because it's been looking you. so hideous the last little while. <laughs> so I finally decided to do something about it. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I guess CrossFit does mess up your hair. Life messes up my hair. But that's okay. It's all good. Now I have good hair. So, you know, I get to walk around in workout clothes with good hair. There's nothing quite like that. Yeah, that's the most important thing in life. That's right. Uh, but that is not... <laughs> that is not the topic of our podcast no. today. Thank uh, the God. topic of the podcast, though, is a good one. These are the three things that you think you're doing right, but you're actually doing wrong and are ruining your life. Or well, maybe. Okay. Well, they're definitely throwing you off track, and they're the reason. They're, I just wanted to they're be. The <laughs> Danny's being dramatic. Yeah. This is dramatic, Danny. Um, well, people won't listen if there's if there's no drama. Yeah. Well, I think I, on the other hand, believe that people tend to have a lot of drama in their lives, so we're here to de-dramify the life. Um, but really, this is about why people. It, it's the source of so much frustration out there is we think we're doing so much right and then you whatever your metrics are for measuring your what you're doing right don't seem to be moving and yet you've you've been doing whatever you're doing and nothing's changing so we're going to talk today about three really kind of baseline things that you could be doing wrong inadvertently that are some of the most common things that we see or certainly that I see in my practice. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes common sense is not common sense. And the the thing we're going to get to at the end after the three uh, three tips is a conversation about the Canada Food Guide, which is one of those things we've been sold and and uh, told to do by our government and, and anybody in, uh, who's in, has been in a position of leadership in the health and nutrition field, but that is now changing as well. So we're going to get to that at the end. Yes, it's been a painful road, but it's we're finally starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Anyway, so... So number um, one. Number one thing that I see um, is people eating too much fruit um, in general. Because why? Because you've been told, I mean, going back to the Canada Food Guide, and even in our um, in the way we speak, right, eat fruits and vegetables. Funny how it's not eat vegetables and fruit. Mm-hmm. So you get people, and so many people come to me and say, look, I mean, I'm, I'm, I have this really healthy diet, and when I get them to finally write down what they're eating, there's fruit for breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, and also a lot of, the, unfortunately, the worst kinds of fruit. Right, so we're seeing a lot of grapes, and then dried fruit are a huge trap. Okay, so let's slow it down. So number one, you're eating too much damn fruit. Okay, to begin with, that's it. And fruit is one of those things that people think is healthy for you, and that is definitely the case. However, um, too much of a good thing is not a good thing. And so let's get into some of those fruits you were talking about in, in particular, right? So there's there's a couple of issues. There's there's a quantity and the quality. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. So grapes, I would say, are one of the fruits at the top of the heap of the ones you probably want to, well, you want to avoid if you can, but definitely moderate. So grapes, on a, for a number of reasons, number one, they're sugar bombs, huge, huge <laughs> um, sugar. And we're, just so you guys know, we are... Um, for mechanical reasons surrounded by boxes of wine at this very minute so 
Um, okay. Um, but well, no. we'll, we'll, we're not going to go there. Um, <laughs> but but grapes are at the top of the list for me because people, we love grapes. So, so there's a couple of things about grapes. Number one, full of sugar. Number two, if you're going to eat grapes, eat organic grapes because grapes are incredibly prone to mold. They're a really tough crop to grow. And so they get sprayed with fungicides, pesticides, like you name it. So grapes. Um, bananas can be a beautiful thing on a heavy workout day as a recovery food um, used strategically. But again, it's bananas, they satisfy you in a mm -hmm. very different way, right? So it's not uncommon for me to see a food plan where somebody's had a banana in their shake, they've had a banana for their snack, and then they have a banana before bed. And you know, just too much of a good thing. Yeah, banana's like one of those foods because it has its own container and wrapper. Yeah, it's, it's just an so easy, easy one to carry around and easy to You don't eat. need a knife, you don't need a spoon. It's no, awesome. you put it in everything. It's it, it, it's like the stem cell of fruits. It does, yeah. you know, anything. But, but going across but to the it, best fruits, yeah. right? Strawberries, blueberries, raspberries. But organic. Bad. For sure, right? Absolutely organic. And really for us... Why organic berries? Because again, there's no skin, right? The funny thing about bananas, in addition to having their own packaging, is that they're protected from pesticides in large part. Now, mm -hmm. you, I tend to try and eat organic produce in part for the environment as much as for myself, but that's a different discussion. But definitely for the berries, there's nothing between the sprays and the chemicals and the fruit that you're ultimately consuming. So for us who live in this climate, our best bet for berries at any at this time of year, and really for only a couple of, with the exception of a couple of windows in the summertime, would be frozen berries. Mm -hmm. And you can get big bags of organic frozen berries for a reasonable amount of money. They never go bad. They're always waiting for you. Um, they're always fresh. They're a little bit mushy, but you know you can work with them. Um, one of my favorite snacks is a uh, bowl of frozen berries with cinnamon and maybe some coconut milk. Yeah, it's a beautiful. Thing. It's perfect, Love right? That. Love that. You can, you know, and if you want to, you can also add some ground flax to it. You can add some mm -hmm. ground chia to that. Um, you can add a bit of, of seeds, like pumpkin seeds, sesame seeds. So all of these things add nutrient density. They give you that crunch. Um, and it just, you know, it builds up this snack into something that's full of nutrients. It's yeah. full of vitamins and minerals. The cool thing is with frozen fruits too, if you're doing it in that way, you can't eat them way too fast or you'll get a brain freeze. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's a built-in <laughs> advantage. And the other culprit is dried fruits. Yeah, dried fruits. So a couple of things about dried fruits. If you're gonna buy dried fruits, make sure they're not, um, they haven't been covered in sulfates. So if you look, if you buy a bag of apricots and they've got that beautiful peachy color, they've been treated and you don't want those. You want the less appealing brown kind of apricots. They mm -hmm. look kind of like wrinkled bad things. Um, but understand that apricots, prunes, even dates, like one date delivers 18 grams of carbs, mm -hmm. quite apart from all the sugar. So yeah, the, of course there's magnesium, there's vitamins, there's minerals, there's fiber. It's not that they're bad, it's just that it's really easy to pop down like half a dozen of those babies without even thinking about it. Raisins are the other ones, right? Mm -hmm. Raisins, it, you can if you've got a trail mix that's loaded up with raisins and chopped apricots and, and date and prune and whatever other, dried mangoes. Okay, so dried mangoes tend to be bathed in sugar. I can't even understand why that is because mangoes are so high in sugar. So sweet naturally. already. Um, pineapple's another one. So, and these are, these are these traps. And the problem is that you've got 
people in the media who are they're trying to do well but but they're oversimplifying mm -hmm. and when you strip away too much of the information you leave people with an oversimplified message that mm -hmm. just kind of leaves them a little bit lost mm -hmm. we sell dried mangoes here <laughs> and we oh, also sell <laughs> yeah and we also sell dried strawberries which uh if, if if you're talking about a grape being a sugar bomb this is like a sugar nuclear warhead well think about it, it but i'll tell you yeah right? it's, it's got it's the the absolute like best thing i've ever had i've never successfully been able to reseal a package of dried <laughs> which, strawberries which is the next point <laughs> and and so yeah i'll warn everybody uh yeah, it's crack, and yeah. you should treat it as crack. It's 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 better than some of the other stuff out there, but um, I think you know, use it as a treat, use it sporadically. The message here is really simple: because if it's a fruit, especially if it's a dried fruit, more is not better. Um, less yeah, is more. Le yeah. Less is more. Use it, you know, use it sporadically, and and just you know, uh, I would. You know, have a container that only maybe dispenses one or two at a time. Is that yeah. an, if someone can invent that, please? <laughs> because the other thing I cannot is, you stop. can make your own uh, dried fruit if you're a little bit geeky like me and you happen to own a dehydrator at home. Okay, um, nerd alert. Go. Nerd alert. Yeah. You can slice up your fruit and make your own dehydrated fruit. The benefit of that, and you could actually do it in your oven. Just use mm -hmm. the lowest temperature. It's right. going to take a few hours. You though. can look it up online. There's lots of uh, resources yeah. for that. But the benefit of that is you get away from a, a lot of the dried fruits are coated in bad oils mm -hmm. um, and then they add the sugar or they'll say oh well all we did is we sweetened it with apple juice mm -hmm. or this it's it's sugar 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 so your best bets for fruits is the occasional banana on days where you're outputting a ton of energy uh, berries by all means like a cup of berries in a day is not the end of the mm -hmm. world and if anything it's a ton of nutrition like it's got a lot of antioxidants and phytonutrients um, and then the an apple once in a while again in the same category as the banana but beyond that it, you're you're sliding down a slope now one thing I will say is I have found by experience that when I'm in a tropical country I will sometimes eat more tropical fruit mm -hmm. that is higher sugar and why I the only thing I can really think of and I plan to dig into this a little bit more in the science of it but it seems that in the ex extreme heat your body needs more sugar which mm -hmm. could lead us to our next topic yeah there might be a, um, a, a, a vitamin a D correlation or something there vitamin D or even just in terms of keeping your 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 water balance mm -hmm. more balanced um, the tropical fruit in that heat when it's 35 36 degrees and you're in the Sun you seem to need more sugar. Right, so the take home there is if you want sugar, go to, go Costa, to, Rica. Go to Costa Rica. Which, yeah. which is where I'm going <laughs> in about a few days. How so. convenient. How convenient. Okay, so this brings us to the thing that you are doing uh, wrong that you think you're doing right. Number two, eating too much, okay? So this is kind of a, an easy one. Um, and it's not. But it's not, right? I mean, obviously eating too much is a thing. Um, but our audience is made up of a lot of uh, individuals who are doing high quality diets, right? Uh, so a paleo diet, a paleo diet, a primal diet, a ketogenic diet, uh, a low carb diet, slow carb diet, whatever. But basically the message here is a lot of people have, have, have stopped measuring their food, mm -hmm. uh, which is great. But they've, they've stopped measuring and they have increased the frequency of high quality protein, fat, and carbohydrates that they eat. However, a lot of people overdo that. 
And, and I think that's an important point to make, that too much, again, of a good thing is not a good thing, especially when it comes to high-quality foods. Well, I, I think the, the caveat there is that your body will tell you, mm-hmm. right? So if you're, if you're right now following whatever food plan is resonating with, for you and working for you, and you're seeing the results that you're, you're after, whether they're... Uh, body composition results, performance results, it should be all of those things really. And you're happy, you've, you should basically plug your ears or go to the bathroom at this point. If on the other hand, you're following what you've been led to believe is an amazing diet and yet you're still not fitting into those genes or you're running out of energy or running out of steam at the wrong times a day, um, what's happened is that um, a lot of people in the blogosphere who are promoting these ways of eating, there's been kind of like this, the pendulum has swung so far against calorie counting and measuring your food that I feel like in some cases we've gone in to the other extreme, which is not smart. Mm-hmm. There's not that anybody should be counting calories in particular, but there is at some point there's going to be there's going to be the need to assess how much of what you mm-hmm. really what how much your body really needs right whether it's protein fats carbs whatever the case may be so you obviously the first thing you want to do is address your food quality and get rid of all the stuff that you want to get rid of and that's going to get you to a better place but once you're getting into the world of fine tuning that you're now going to have to find a new zone where you're able to assess your levels of satisfaction rather than falling into a bowl of guacamole and not stopping until it's over because it tastes so good. Right? Yeah, and and there's a lot of uh, people who've been talking to us recently about ketogenic diets, and a few have started their ketosis experiment in the last few weeks, uh, especially after that episode that we did. And in the beginning, I, I went through this, and you know I'm sure you'll speak to the same fact, in the beginning, you just have to, you know, you have to transition from your old way to your new way, and in most cases, you will eat, eat, and eat to deal with that, mm-hmm. right? That transition zone. So yeah, like my breakfast, uh, you know, occasionally looks like four or five steaks, and seriously, <laughs> it, no, I'm, I'm, I'm being dramatic, but it uh-huh. used to, not now, but um, I remember when I first started doing paleo and a ketogenic paleo in particular. There was a lot of a lot of meat, a lot of fat, uh, obviously no carbs, and 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 that was great. Like it really helped to get over the psychological impact of not having any carbohydrate. You know, when I was hungry, I could just eat as much as I want. Uh, but after a while, that kind of ran its course, and I I had goals that involved you know better performance and body composition. So. You know, at at that point, it was good to now scale back and understand what my portions really needed to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and in these food plans, I went through a similar journey myself when I first went paleo, like gleefully plopping like these giant steaks in front of people. And it's part of the sales pitch, right? It's like, look, look at what you get to eat. Uh, But then, you know, people kind of forget that whole vegetable thing, which Mm -hmm. actually should be in the low carb vegetables, like the green leafy vegetables, that those those elements that are going to really save your butt when any kind of immune problem comes a knocking. Uh, so when you look at your plate, so we're not gonna sit here and say, you gotta count your calories at this point, but the next transition, if you will, from correcting your food choices, getting into a world where you've, you're now eating the right foods, 
is the next, before getting crazy about numbers, getting to a world where you can look at your plate and say, okay, do I have an appropriate portion of whatever it is that I'm having? So as a rule of thumb, and some of you may have heard this already, the palm of your hand, the thickness of a deck of cards, that should be the portion of protein for you. No accident, the bigger people have bigger palms. So little people don't freak out, <laughs> you're littler, so you need less. Um, your, for fat, and again, total rule of thumb, pun completely intended, <laughs> the imagery is about a thumb size of fat. I will be more liberal with this, but you have to find your way. It's a place to start. So a thumb of fat, and then on the green leafy vegetables, that should be the rest of your plate. And it could be with chopped asparagus, you could have some peppers, you can, you know, that should be the bulk of the rest of your plate. And then if you're eating any kind of carbs because for whatever reason, because that's part of your plan, mm-hmm. then maybe a fistful for women, maybe two fistfuls for men, it, you know, kind of a cupped hand, that's, that's as much as you should go. And that means it's not... That, you know those big giant rice bowls you get in restaurants yeah. that are like three cups of carbs, three yeah. cups of rice? And so then good. we wonder why we're curled up in a corner sleeping like an hour later. Yeah. <laughs> in this little happy food coma zone. I love that little zone. birds above your heads. Yeah. 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 So that's okay once in a while. It's really not going to get you probably to where you need to be. There's, there's <laughs> nothing like passing out from too much food and just, yeah. you know. With one of those rich checking sauces. Checking out from, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You should see the look on Danny's face right now. It's just oh, pure bliss. Yeah, like I, I don't really have an addictive personality to too many things, um, except work and that feeling you're describing <laughs> from food. And um, yeah, I love just eating so much that I pass out. Now, one thing it's I'll like say. it's like that Louis C.K. fit. <laughs> you know, the meal's not over when I'm uh, you know when when I've had enough nutrition. The meal's over when I hate myself. <laughs> Nice. Okay, so, so, that, so just so you guys know, that's what we're trying to We're trying avoid to avoid that. We're trying to avoid that. Basis. I'm not saying it's good. Yeah. I'm saying occasionally it's fun to pick up. But, uh, so you know, it, here's, here's the thing. Um, we, we were talking about this off air. But a really simple thing I found wor- has worked for me is not having my, uh, my second, third, and fourth helpings all on the same plate. Mm-hmm. So in other words, um, you know, make yourself a small version of the meal on your plate, you maybe use a smaller plate, right, if you can, and when you're eating, eat slow, yeah. chew your food until it is pre-digested in your mouth, that's probably one of the biggest tips, it'll force you to slow down, uh, appreciate your food, also maybe enjoy some of the conversation that's happening around you if you're with people, of course put your phone away, and uh, <laughs> if you're still hungry after that, Get up and get a second helping of that same thing. But to load your plate on with food, if you're like me, you're gonna finish everything on your plate because that's what you were taught by your Russian mother as a kid to finish your plate. And accuse your dinner partner (laughs) of eating your food because you don't remember eating, right? right? It's all of a sudden you look down, it's gone. And you're like, what the hell? I was really looking forward yeah, to that and, meal. And, and that goes back to what we were saying on the last episode. When you're you know, present with your meal, you're going to naturally eat less, but you're going to be as satisfied. Yeah. I find this really uh, interesting thing that happens when you eat uh, like Asian cuisine. Because the portions are smaller. If you're using chopsticks, it forces you to slow down. And you still feel kind of full if you're eating the right kind of food. Mm-hmm at the end of it, even though you've eaten less volume. 
So a really simple hack into that, again, is load your plate, like you said, with vegetables, eat those first. And uh, if you need to get seconds, get up and, and, and you know walk over the fridge, get your seconds. Well, take a minute, right? Yeah. Um, one, one of the other tips that I give clients, quite apart from you know taking a second before you start eating, give, give yourself a minute just to look at your food and mm-hmm. anticipate your meal. Uh, chew your food thoroughly, of course. But the other one is, if you consider hunger runs on a scale of one to 10, mm-hmm. if you stop eating when you're at an eight, instead of waiting until you're full, Stop eating at an eight and wait 10 minutes, 10, maybe 15 minutes, because why? Because it takes that long for the food to actually hit your stomach. You've got receptors in your stomach that will signal your brain that you're full. It takes time for the food to physically get there. And once it gets there, you know, the, the, the mechanism goes. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's like over drinking, right? If you're doing shots, right. by the time you realize it, if you're, if you're just pounding shots, by the time you realize it's over, it's so beyond over, it's sad, really. Um, so but yeah, food so, is so very bi- Biologically, you could be full. Yeah. But yeah. mentally, you don't feel it yet. So you need a little bit of time. Yeah. And that's why eating slowly yeah. and, 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 and getting you know, help, second, third helpings uh, you know, after your first helping, like with some time, like you said, is very important. Yeah, so Danny's talking from a different place than me. I don't do third helpings. People with buffets do really well with people like me. I, and I, I suspect oh, I that he may just actually be the guy that puts them into receivership <laughs> shortly. Oh man, my, my dad was so into Mandarin growing up. Yeah. My son used to love, it was his favorite restaurant. Yeah, and it, oh, it's such a crazy way <laughs> to eat, but we would, uh, yeah, we would go yeah, there like two or three sushi, times a week. you sushi, you have roast beef, you it's have great. chicken, you get all the Chinese food, and then you get those little fried bits of dough dipped in the honey sauce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, you want to go to Mandarin after this? No. <laughs> no. No. Thank yeah. you. In case you couldn't tell, the reason I got into the health and fitness business was to save it was McDonald's myself. McDonald's and Mandarin. The two, I grew, two M's, M&M. I grew, yeah, back to it. I grew up on McDonald's daily. My mother would give me $5. She'd leave it on the TV set before... I went off to school and that bought a you know a very large like upsized McDonald's combo back in the day. That was my lunch. Nice. Okay. And not because she didn't care, uh, but she loved you. She loved me, and and as you know, like you know, growing up in Russia, you couldn't get food mm-hmm. quickly and cheaply. So for her, you know, that was a sign of love. Like here's here's five bucks so my son could get fed, and, and I'm working hard to to pay for that. So you know, and and you grow up thinking that. Uh, you're doing something right, but really you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Right. So, Absolutely. So uh, now I'm trying to undo all that stuff. So, so let's get to number three. And number three is an interesting one. Drinking too much water. Right. What's so, that about? So so drinking, so, the, so number one, the, the extreme situation of that is called, is a condition called hypernatremia, which is actually an excess of sodium in your blood, which is generally not because you ate too much salt, because your body has ways of regulating that mm-hmm. mostly, but generally it's because you're completely dehydrated, right? So that's a rare condition. It's pretty hard to get there. It can happen sometimes to athletes um, working out in the heat. And what it speaks to is people that drink a ton of water, plain, on its own, and to, 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 to an extreme. So one of the neat ways and very easy ways of figuring out what hydration status you're at is to look at the color of your urine. 
right? When you go to the bathroom, if it's looking really, really, really kind of a dark yellow, you're not drinking enough water. If your urine, on the other hand, looks like water, you're probably going too heavily on the side of water. So number one, if you're drinking five liters of water, you may want to reconsider that position. Number two, another very interesting thing to do is to not just drink plain water. And no, I'm not going to tell you to drink fruit juice. No, no. Uh, but a, maybe a squirt of lemon juice, fresh lemon, and a few grains of sea salt in your water can suddenly recreate an, uh, a mineral balance and an electrolyte balance mm -hmm. in that water. And it helps your body, if you will, or your kidneys to hang on to more water so that it's not constant. They're not just trying to dump the water to to hang on to their, you know, your, mm -hmm. your body has some really sophisticated mechanisms in place to keep your pH at a very specific level, to keep your minerals in a very specific balance because we're electrical beings, right? Mm -hmm. So we need those positively and negatively charged ions to be in balance. Um, and so we can, you know, particularly people that tend to to be obsessive about stuff. I, you know, my husband, when I met him, if you put a jug of water on the table, he'd drink it within 10 minutes. Unfortunately, if you put a bottle of wine in front of him on the table, he'd drink that just as fast. So <laughs> he's just one of those guys. So we have to make sure that we alternate the water and the wine and the water yeah. and the wine to keep him upright and, and alive. Um, but anyway, but putting a little bit of lemon juice in the water and, uh, and some sea salt. And then the other thing is, don't forget that all of the fluids that you drink that are non-caffeinated count towards your hydration balance. So if you're drinking bone broth or if you're having a bowl of soup, um, if you're drinking herbal teas, you're having kombucha, even the water in your vegetables, if you eat a lot of vegetables, all of these things count towards your hydration status. So people are becoming definitely, you know, we've done a good job of telling people you got to drink, you got to stay hydrated. But now we, again, it's like everything else. The pendulum has swung. We need to bring it back to the middle and come to a much more reasonable place. Uh, coconut water is pretty good also. It's relatively high in sugar, but some coconut water once in a while is is reasonably good. If you're- Could you have one a day? For sure, you mm -hmm. could have one a day. Kombucha tea is another mm -hmm. one. Um, and if you're working out in the heat, which we're not right now, but we're, we're going to get there, or if you're an extreme athlete and you're working out heavily, um, just try and have at least, if you're not going to do an electrolyte powder in your water, which not too many people need, and Lord knows none of us need Gatorade, um, then at least have that little squirt of lemon and sea salt in your water or even half coconut water, half water with a tiny hit of sea salt mm -hmm. will just give you what you need. So like not enough to make it salty, but just no, enough no. to throw a few minerals in there. Yeah. Yeah. And my preference is gray. Personally, I prefer gray sea salt. I know a lot of people are into the Himalayan pink and there's nothing wrong with that, but consider that the color of the salt is going to determine the minerals that are in there. Mm -hmm. um, so at the very least cycle them, you know, for buy a bag of pink and then a bag of gray and alternate yep. between the two. There you go. Bonus tip. Bonus tip. Cool. So, you know, all this stuff is really about again thinking that you're you're doing something right but you're not and last week you were raving <laughs> about this article you'd read in the toronto star yeah it, it, i'm sure it hit other media but it was front page news on the toronto star that day and 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 this is huge you you mentioned how big of an impact this is going to have on us culturally because for so long we've been told by our government and various you know, people in the in the health and 
uh, fitness world that the Canada Food Guide or the Food Pyramid is how we should be eating. Do you want to unpack that a little bit? Yeah. So, I mean, I, one thing I would say is the food and the, the the health and fitness industry has been fighting this pretty heavily for quite a while. Um, but what happened last week is a, some Senate committee was appointed to review um, the diet and Canadians' diet and Canada's food guide impact on that diet, and they came back really aggressively like it was it was quite shocking the headline was virtually saying that uh, this food guide is driving the obesity crisis and killing people so yep. it really didn't leave too much um, subtlety out so what, what I don't know and you know it'll will be interesting to see is how quickly Health Canada actually acts on this and what steps they take but these guys pointed to um, the section, they pointed to the fact that Canada's Food Guide says that fruit juice is a good thing to drink. It's not. It's mm -hmm. a sugar bomb. Like, make no mistake. Unless you take an orange, squeeze that orange, and drink that quarter cup of juice and call that your orange juice, you're going way overboard, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and even then, you're depriving yourself of the pulp, which is where the fiber is, and so on. So, the, the the beauty of that article is it's showing this sea change that's starting to happen. There was another article that I saw posted on Facebook um, from the UK. Again, like the government coming forward and saying, um, actually, we told you that low-fat uh, dairy was really good for you. Turns out it's not. Turns out if you're going to have dairy, if it agrees with you, you should be doing the full-fat variety. We said meat was really bad for you. Well, actually, maybe... If we address the meat quality, obviously we don't want to go overboard with it, but maybe it's not so bad after all. So, so there's it. It, it, it felt for a while like it was never going to happen because the players involved in driving government food policy quite often are the packaged goods manufacturers. Their their agriculture, like there's a lot of politics behind the directives that we get given by the government. They're financing the grain industry. They're financing well, dairy. Like it's, it's gonna, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a long haul. I don't think we're we're out the other side yet. But at least there's an acknowledgement and a discussion that's happening around what's really good for us. Well, that's interesting. In the United States, the USDA, you know, the Department of, of Agriculture, they are driven by food policy um, in, in a way that makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Basically, it's like drug dealers dictating <laughs> the drug policy because yeah. in, in many ways they're there to ensure that uh, corn is sold, yeah. right? Um, all these commodities that, that they are essentially responsible. So, you know, grains, wheat, corn, all that stuff. And, and those are the most subsidized foods. And they've, they've essentially been the uh, almost, what, like the majority of the food pyramid it are you know it's grains the, it's been the, base. the base the derivatives of corn things that people know now and probably for a while uh, that are unhealthy for you so you know high fructose corn syrup which is a derivative of corn obviously and and that's in soda and everything everything if anybody has seen the documentary king corn uh, have you have you not I seen that documentary seen that. king I corn is cool it, it. well the mo <laughs> the documentary starts with them getting blood work and they figure out that their entire body is essentially made of corn. 
Because if you go, yeah, if you if you go, <laughs> if you go to any restaurant, like the soda, there's corn in it. The bread, there's corn in it. The yeah. meat, there's I'll bet corn you the, in it. The coating on the pea meal bacon is probably is corn. corn. Well, yeah. there's even cup. Like we were at Costco the other day. There's cups now made of corn. Yeah, corn's so. Here's the interesting thing about also, corn. Yeah, corn, corn Peru, by the way is crazy. You can if, do anything with if it. If you go to Peru or Mexico yeah. and get into the farmers markets. You will see stuff called corn that you will not recognize, right? It is not sugar. It's like this amazing food that's a complex carb. It's Mm -hmm. got tons of nutrients. There's this blue food. Anytime you see a blue or a red food, you want to eat that because of the the nutrients in there. Um, The corn we're talking about is this, this overbred, high sugar, very often genetically modified food product that has taken over the the category the food category you know when i remember i think we may have even talked about this once i remember when i was a kid um you were lucky when you hit an ear of corn that was really sweet right right today every ear of corn is really sweet like i read somewhere that corn is now 85 percent higher in sugar mm-hmm. than it was 20 years ago yeah that's that's nuts, right? Um, and if you and if you consider all the moaning and groaning about um, you know the environment and how we can't keep feeding cattle because it's killing the environment, that's because you're not feeding them what they're supposed to be eating in the first place. And you know what's crazy? <laughs> you can go into whether it's a Whole Foods or some other place, and you can buy an organic apple. And in some cases, that apple can cost more than a hamburger. And that makes no sense at all, right? And when you think of all the labor and uh, you know the, the complexity of making a hamburger from raising the animal, you know, slaughtering the animal, delivering all that stuff, and the bread and the whatever, how is that cheaper than an organic apple? That makes no sense. And a lot of the a lot of the reason for that is because corn, which is used to raise the beef, right? Yeah. The beef are fed corn and corn fed beef is not the healthiest beef it's the sickest beef that's why we're talking about grass-fed now mm-hmm. far superior to corn-fed the bread is corn the soda has corn like everything is corn um, and the reason it's cheaper is because corn is subsidized yeah and there's a whole bunch of political reasons for that but essentially food policy has been dictated by this need to drive this business yeah so it's a bottom line and support this economy it's bottom line so now you have food and that other documentary food inc makes a really good point of this uh i think right in the beginning of that movie um they 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 show a family like i guess they're living around the poverty line and they're you know they're they 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 can't afford fruits and vegetables but they can afford fast food really exactly and that is a huge tragedy so yeah, it, you know things are changing, and it seems like Canada is a good place to be right now because uh, we're we're reforming our drug policies, which is great. Uh, you know that's a whole other episode. Uh, <laughs> you know, and just how crazy that whole. Um, I think you know, we still have a ways to come back. We have a ways to come. Yeah, the health, the health products industry is getting decimated right now. So we can talk about that another. We can day. talk about another episode. But but the thing is, things are changing, and this is a good step in that direction. That that yeah. on at least a official. Uh, you know, government health policy level, there there is a movement afoot to change the the, the well, policies. There, there's dialogue. So you know, what will really change? How much change will come of this remains to be seen. But the good news for me is it made the front page of a major newspaper. So people who are open 
to the to the message mm-hmm. will at least be feel possibly more empowered to make changes themselves to their diet. Yeah. And I think it'll be a while before we see the government issuing grains and that kind of stuff. It, it'll be but, a while. It'll be a while. And and I don't think they need to be completely knocked out, but definitely you know, it's it's the good news is it's it's a step in the right direction. So that's what we can hope for. Little steps. Totally. So uh, hopefully you guys take three of those little steps today and uh, you know, let us know how, uh, how it's working for you. Obviously, we're at the Academy all the time and we love talking. Another way to uh, communicate, of course, is through social media. Uh, Nat posts a whole lot of uh, crazy stuff on her Instagram, like recipes. You seem to be posting a lot of fish uh, recipes lately. <laughs> well, I'm posting a lot of food pictures, and then the recipes will then show up on my blog at some point. Uh, so if you want to check my account out on Instagram, it's at Natalie Nittam. Really pretty simple. N-A-T-H-A-L-I-E-N-I-D-D-A-M. Um, and uh, let me know what you think. Let me know how you're doing. And uh, let us know what you need to know. If you have any questions. Totally. Uh, and tag us on your post if you want to get any feedback. And again, the hashtag we're using for a lot of this stuff is in this together. So I N T H I S, the number two, G E T H E R, in this together. And uh, shout out out. Academy of Lions, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice just went, <laughs> at Academy of Lions. Uh, big, big shout out to Pizza Cat for Mayor, our oh, favorite yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram account. Uh, Pizza Cat won uh, one of her challenges and just posted a pretty awesome pic of, uh, of her cat wearing the toque that she What's won. the prize? That was the prize, so we love that. Keep it, keep it going, do wacky stuff. Um, yeah, and so I'm going to be away for a couple of weeks, but uh, it looks like we're going to be continuing the podcast from far, far, far away. So special podcast coming to you from Costa Rica. Where you're going to be eating lots of mangoes and no, some, cracking coconuts. Cracking coconuts. Yeah. Co- co- I'll be having the pipa. Fresh the pipa. what? Fresh pipa. So you're walking back from the beach. What's the color of the pipa? It's brown on the outside and white on the inside. Okay. Um, and it's a fresh coconut. So it's kind of like... Sitting. Or sometimes it's green on the outside. So actually. it's like good and bad pee. It's if amazing. If it's brown, it's bad. No. If it's too white. It's freaking out. It's a fresh coconut. Yeah. They just lop off. They poke a hole in it and they stuff a straw in there. And then they keep it on ice. And then you sip that. And then most people throw away the coconut. Mm-hmm. I figured out last year that I can get it back to that to our apartment. I scrape out the insides, which is this. It's very. They're very young coconuts. So it's kind of like gelatinous coconut. Mm. And you throw it in your blender or you make a coconut curry sauce with whatever. It's really mm. good. I can't wait. I'm really excited. Okay, so In next episode <laughs> uh, will be, well, I'll be in Toronto. You'll be on the beach. And yeah. we're going to do a little Skype experiment, see if uh, it all it all works. Yeah, Yeti won't be, you know, I won't be talking to Yeti to the next Yeti. week. Yeti is the name of our microphone. It, Shout out to Blue Yeti. Yes. Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, keep the comments company coming. It's been great hearing from you guys over the last couple of weeks. And uh, look for, forward to next time. Okay, peace out.